day has arrived. Gobble, 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 gobble. It's here. It's here. It's here. <laughs> the day she waits gobble, for Gobble, it. gobble, 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 Every gobble. Every single year. Our favorite holiday of the year. Katie's and it's today. favorite holiday. No, yours too. It's Susie's. Because well, no one buys gifts. We actually just cook. <laughs> Nobody buys gifts anyway. <laughs> right? But anyway, it's true. It's here. So from us to all of you. We wish you a very, very happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving now. With that said, I want you to listen throughout this podcast, not only because it's the Women and Money podcast and everyone's smart enough to listen, not only is it the Ask KT and Susie edition of the Women and Money podcast, but we also have two announcements that I want to make to you, and one that I think you should absolutely take advantage of, and the other one you should absolutely take advantage of. But for now, KT, where do you want to start? Sweepstakes, baby. All right, that's the first announcement then. All right, everybody, you need to enter and become part of the Susie Holiday Sweepstakes between now and December 15th. If you already have an Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account, you are automatically entered into the sweepstakes where two of you will win $10,000 each. At this point, if you're already a member of the Alliant Credit Union, you should have gotten an email welcoming you, telling you that you were entered, and giving you a referral link. If you send that link to your friends and family members, everybody, and they open up with that link, an Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account, guess what, everybody? They're entered into the sweepstakes and you get another entry. If you haven't, for whatever reason, gotten an email from Alliant, then just go to myalliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T.com slash Susie, and you'll be able to get your personalized link there. For those of you who have never been a member of the Alliant Credit Union, go to myalliant.com. And it is there that you can find out about the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account, where if you just put in $100 a month every month for 12 consecutive months, you get $100 plus currently you're being paid 2.5% interest and you will be entered into the sweepstakes. So you would just go to myalliant.com. All right, Katie, that was the first announcement. All right. They have to wait for the second one, Susie. Yeah. Wait till I give them a couple Katie questions. Katie would always say to you, Good things come in pairs. Now, why do you think she would say that to you? Because I'm a twin. That's right. All right, go on. <laughs> and my twin is a good thing, Lynn. I love you. Okay, ready? This first question's from right. Betty. Can you believe I kind of live with two of them? Yeah. Because Lynn You're and so KT lucky. I are so identical in so many ways. Oh, my God. Besides, but anyway, go on. Okay, so <laughs> this is from Betty, Susie. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love you both. I'm so grateful for all your advice these last 20 years I've been a listener. Susie, I need to buy a used car. 
And I've been waiting because of what's happening with the availability and prices of cars this year. I know you can't predict the future, but I trust your opinion so much. Do you think I should buy it now or wait until January? I need to finance about $10,000 and it kills me to have to pay such a high interest. I plan to only finance for 24 months. Fabulous. Okay, what should yeah. Betty do? Betty, I would wait if I were you because it is true that used price cars are definitely coming down. Absolutely, they're coming down. One of the reasons, by the way, is repossessions on the cars are going up and up and up. And those cars that are being repossessed, nobody is really buying them. So on the used car market, prices are going down and down. I would wait. Good. Next is from Audrey. Hey, Susie, my son paid off his 21,000 student loans during the pandemic. He requested a refund from his loan servicer and has since received the 21,000 and it is in the bank. He did the request so that he would have a balance to forgive in the event that the loan forgiveness actually goes through. Our thought is that even if we pay back the interest starting in January, it will be worth it if the forgiveness is approved. He's also a Pell Grant recipient, so the amount forgiven would be 20000 Thank you for helping us stay on top of this. Well, there you go. So here's what I would do if I were you. Leave it just like it is for now, because remember, President Biden is wanting to extend the moratorium on student loan repayments starting again in January, because that's when those payments start to be due plus interest. If he does do that, and there's another moratorium, and this loan qualifies for that, then you would be putting that money into the bank, so to speak, or a credit union. You could be making, let's say, with a Lion Credit Union, 2.5% on that money. You also could be part of the Susie Holiday sweepstakes, who knows? <laughs> and win $10,000. You never know. <laughs> and then just see what happens. Also, just on this topic, they're also making it, or they've made it, easier to actually bankrupt a student loan, believe it or not. So things are changing with student loans. We'll see what happens. Will this pass? Will this not? But just keep it right there, making interest for yourself on it. And let's see what happens with President Biden's moratorium, extending it if he needs to, or the forgiveness of the loan. All right, go on, Katie. And Susie, next question's from Lucy. My question is, after paying off my mortgage, what's the next step? What about the title? Susie, should I transfer my name to the title of the house right away? Well, normally, Lucy, what happens is when you buy a home, you have a deed issued in just your name with the mortgage holder as a lien against that deed. All right. So that's how it is. When you pay it off, however, the original deed of trust is sent to you. And also, it should have a stamp on it or say, or where it says paid in full or canceled. Now, this usually can take about 60 days for that to happen. Because remember, 
your real estate property is public record. So for them to straighten out the public record as to who is the proper holder usually takes about 60 days. Now, along with that, you should also get like a satisfaction of mortgage letter. Because remember, you kind of signed a promissory note that you would pay this back. So two things are usually sent to you. Now, you can check to see where are you in this process by contacting the county registrar. Also, what you should do is when you purchased this home, you had title insurance on it. The title is still good, but give it a few months and go and do another title search on your property just to make sure that it absolutely has been filed correctly and it now is just in your name. However, the truth of the matter is, you know how I feel about real estate and owning real estate in your own name. If you want to be smart, you should own real estate in the title of a living revocable trust. So that is what is important. And you should all own your property. Seriously, everybody, in the title of your trust. Now, I've gone through this over and over again. Why owning a home in the title of your living revocable trust is 10 times better than owning it in your individual name. So you could just search past podcasts and figure that out. However, ding, 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 ding. What are we dinging about? Time for the second big announcement. Yes. So. Listen up, everybody, because this is this is one of the reasons I wanted that particular question. Ready? Go for it, Susie. All right. As all of you know, really as a gift to all of you, believe it or not, we offer you what's called the must-have documents. The must-have documents are a living revocable trust, a will, an advanced directive and durable power of attorney for health care, and a financial power of attorney. If you went to an attorney to get those five documents, they would cost you approximately $2,500. But those documents were created by our trust lawyer, KT's and my trust lawyer. We did this about 20 years ago. Those documents are the exact same documents that KT and I both have. And if they are good enough for us, they are good enough for you. And years ago, we decided who can afford $2,500 or more to get documents? And how do you even know if your documents are any good or not? So we created the must-have documents. If you go on to the app, the Women in Money app, you will see we normally sell these must-have documents for approximately $99. All right, everybody. If you do it through the offer that we make good for all of you, where you go to susieorman.com slash offer, then they're also that exact same price. However, we used to offer on HSN what was called the gold box. And this gold box was essentially waterproof. 
it held 10 file folders within it of the most important areas of your life. You were able to not only get the must-have documents, you were also able to get the personal finance course, 10 ebooks on the most important areas of your life that are constantly updated. You would also get the insurance evaluator. You would also get the debt eliminator. And you would also get the do's and don't cards. Now, that has been on sale for $250 if you go to my website. That is the only place that you can get that. For Thanksgiving, you can go to the Women and Money app and you download that app by going to Google Play or Apple Apps. And when you download it, go to the Suzy shop. And then when you go to the Suzy shop, just go down three things and you will see the gold box offered for $125. Now, You can buy the must-have documents if you want for $99 or for essentially $25 more. You get this incredible box. It's a fabulous case. It has everything you need in In it. it, Which is where we keep all of our documents as well. So you can grab and go. real grab and go. Fabulous. So if I were you, there are only 700 of them left, everybody. I would so take advantage of that right now if I were you. All right, those are our two announcements. So we don't call it Black Friday. We call it Gold Friday. Gold Friday. Get that gold box, Yeah, so everybody. just start doing it now. This offer, by the way, will expire and go away in a few days. I think it's on Monday. So, so just Thanksgiving just weekend. Just Thanksgiving weekend. So for those of you who tune in and listen right away, it's there for you. All right, go it's on. fabulous. Get them. All right, next is from Hillary. Susie, my husband and I are self-employed. We have purchased stocks years back that were put into a SEP IRA. I'd like to move it into my Roth IRA. Is that something I can do? And if so, is it best to do it when the stocks are below what we purchased them for? Thank you so much for your help. Should that have been your quizzy? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my dear Hillary... Whether you have a traditional IRA, a simple IRA, or a SEP IRA, you can absolutely do what's called a conversion, where you can convert whatever is in your SEP IRA into a Roth IRA. And you can absolutely do the conversion with like-to-like, meaning if you have certain stocks in your SEP IRA, you can convert the stocks to your Roth IRA. Just remember Anything that you convert, you will owe ordinary income taxes on for the year that you converted it. Obviously, the lower the price of your stocks when you convert them, the less income tax you're going to pay on that conversion. So you bet it's better to do it when the stocks are below the value that you purchased them for. Okay, Katie, we're rocking and rolling. Go on, girlfriend. (laughs) This is from Sheila. Next question is from Sheila, Susie. Dear Susie, can my husband roll over his lump sum pension of $18,000 into a Roth IRA to avoid tax? No. 
No. Also, you don't roll over a pension, do you? You don't roll it over. Well, the truth of the matter is, KT, no. Pensions come in two formats. You have a pension and they give you a monthly pension income for the rest of your life from the corporation. Or you can take whatever that lump sum would have been and then you can do what's called an IRA rollover with it because you've never paid taxes on that money. So it goes from the pension from the corporation in a lump sum. If you do a custodian to custodian transfer, which is the only way you should do right. it, directly into your IRA rollover. If you do it that way, you don't pay taxes on it. And as you withdraw the money little by little, if you want to, that's when you pay ordinary income tax on it. Sheila, if you roll it directly into a Roth IRA, you are going to owe ordinary income tax on all $18,000 of that pension. From that point on, however, it's now in a Roth IRA. And guess what? Now you don't owe any more income tax on it from that point on. However, the $18,000 may put you in a higher income tax bracket, so I wouldn't do that. And depending on your tax bracket, you might want to do $9,000 this year and $9,000 next, or just do little amounts of money over the next few years. All right. Yes, Miss Travis. Okay, from Jana. She's rocking and rolling. You know why she's rocking and rolling through all these? Because we're and cooking. She's not so chatty. <laughs> she wants to go back to her family. All right, go Are on. Ready? The next question, Susie, is from Jana. Dear Susie and KT, with the Social Security COLA cost of living adjustment at 8.3%, if we wait till 70 to take Social Security, at 70, will we also get that COLA? Yeah, so let's Cost just, of living adjustment. Cost of living adjustment. So here's what all of you need to understand, whether you're currently collecting Social Security or not. All of your calculations are already calculated with all the cost of living adjustments. So yes, you will get both the cost of living adjustment added on plus the increase until you are 70 to take Social Security. All right. All right. Ready? Dear Susie and KT, thank you for all the great advice you give. Please help me. In 2008. Is that why you pick it when they say, please, please help me? Please help me. Yeah. This help, is, this, this one needs some help. I Wait, feel bad. I have this a is story to tell you. What? So I'll never forget when I in my New York apartment, Right? I had a little answering machine, right? And all of a sudden, I thought I'd be funny. And I recorded it rather high. This is Susie. Please leave a message. I recorded, help me, help me. I'm trapped in this little machine, and I can't get out. Please call as many people as you can and just help me get you out. did not. And oh this God. was before I was Susie Orman, Susie Orman. Okay. If that even made sense. Yeah, I, I get it. And I never forget, I came back. And, I, I, you know, to check all the messages, totally full. And people just were telling people to call one another. And people I didn't even know were calling just to listen to that message. And I finally had to take it off because the phone never stopped ringing. Anyway, go on. All right. That's like something going but, viral on TikTok. That is. That's like an early TikTok, that was an like early, a vintage TikTok right? 30 years, 30, I was so 40 proud years ago. of that. And I went, actually, like 50 years ago. I know, right? All right. This is from Greg. 
It said, please help me. In 2008, I was advised by my financial advisor to put $15,000 within my Roth IRA into a non-traded REIT. That REIT, people, for those that don't know, is a real estate investment trust. At the time, I was a conservative investor and wanted to limit my risk and keep my savings secure for retirement. So this is why I wanted to read this to everyone. So Greg wanted to do this and did it under the guise he'd have something for retirement. But listen up. Most people put money in a Roth IRA. Wait, 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 Susie, hold on. Listen to the end of the story. I'm being told by my REIT company that they're only doing redemptions upon death. How can this be legal? Why would my advisor have made such a recommendation when they knew I was looking for retirement security? Susie, is there anything I can do or is this money really lost, Greg? So that's why I wanted to read this. Um, I think it's sad. Yeah, here's the problem. A real estate investment trust one that is traded, you could buy and sell anytime you want on the stock market. And KT, a real estate investment trust is where a company goes out, they buy all kinds of real estate or the same kind of real estate, they put it in trust, and you buy shares in that trust. You also get income usually from it, but you can buy and sell it at trades as like a stock on the stock market. A non traded Mm. r-e-i-t does not work the same way so sad his advisor didn't give him the advice his advisor screwed him to tell you the truth well Well, that's not nice that's not nice but but let me tell you why i say that right and i say that because when you see the words non-traded that means this r-e-i-t does not trade And it's up to the discretion of the company as to, do you get any money back? They normally, after all the shares are sold, they close it and they suspend the redemption policy, which means you cannot redeem this unless they give you permission to do so. And this particular company obviously is only allowing redemptions on the death of Greg. Now, mm. how sad is yeah, that? Yeah, he wanted the money for retirement and he put it in, what, 15 years ago? Now, normally what happens is a good REIT will spin off income to all of you and put that into your account. The bad ones, which this one obviously seems like it is, usually doesn't spin off mm. anything and they keep all the money for themselves. And that's usually what happens. So what can he do? Um, So he can complain all he wants. To who? He could complain to the company that he purchased it from, right? But they're just going to say, hey. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Sorry, Greggy. Sorry, this is how it works. Mm. He can try to sell it on the secondary market. But if he put $15,000 in, somebody might buy it for like $50, he'll he'll lose his shirt on it. So the biggest blessing in this is that it's in his Roth IRA, because imagine this one. If it was in his traditional IRA, he now turns 72, 
that $15,000 or whatever it's worth is included in how much he has in his retirement accounts. So required minimum distributions would be based on that amount as well. So he would be having to take out more from all of his money to pay, even though he doesn't have access to that 15000 He's lucky, which is why I like Roth IRAs, everybody. He's lucky because this is in a Roth IRA where required minimum distributions are not required. I'm going to ask a silly question. So is that if he has a trust wouldn't help him it, on any hmm. level at this point. So the only he, people that will benefit are whoever he leaves his money to. Money to. That's right. His beneficiaries. His beneficiaries. And obviously. Hopefully you have some children that, you know, you can leave it to. If it's worth anything. So mm. one has to see. This is why it's important, everybody. Ask that, questions. That you ask questions. This so, Greg, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I seriously am. And I'll write to you personally about this, just so you know. However, what happened to you may now have helped thousands of people never get into that situation. So what to do? I'm so, so sorry. All right. Yes, KT. Okay, Susie, next question is from Jackie. Susie, I have an HSA and I have the opportunity to invest some of the funds. My husband and I are on my health insurance. The current balance is $2,600. Do you recommend investing some of these funds? Why or why not? Okay, KT, you picked a difficult one for your last question before your quizzy. So everybody, and I'm going to have to do a Susie school on this one for great detail, but an HSA is a health savings account. And a health savings account is attached to what's called an HDHP, which is a high deductible health plan. And many people are going in to high deductible health plans that are attached to health savings accounts because truthfully, an HSA with an HDHP have lower premiums than a regular health insurance account. But because they have lower premiums, KT, they also have higher deductibles on them. Now, they're complicated. So, Jackie, what I would tell you is this. Usually because they're higher deductibles, that means that between you and your husband, the minimum of a deduction right now, if anything goes wrong, where you have to pay for it out of pocket, is $2,800 for a family, $1,400 for an individual. That's the minimum. It could be higher depending on your plan. Because your current balance is only $2,600 no, you should not be investing that money at this point in time because you need at least $2,800 in there to meet the family deductible and you don't have it. If you told me right, that you had $5,000 or $10,000 in there, then I would say, yeah, you could invest some, some of it. it but not $2,800. Now, if you want to get what's in there up, you are also allowed to do a one-time 
IRA transfer. So let's just say that you have, you know, $7,000 in an IRA. You could transfer that $7,000 into your health savings account next year because the maximum contribution that a family can put in is $7,300 a year right now or $3,650 as an individual. That then would allow you to have a whole lot more money in there without you having to come up with it out of your pocket. And then you could look at investing some within the HSA. But everybody, we need to do a Susie school on that one. All right. KT. What's my quizzy? It's Thanksgiving. A Thanksgiving quizzy. Okay. Right. And I picked this quizzy because it comes from somebody by the name of Tommy Givens. So why do you think I picked it? Givens, Thanksgivings. Tommy Givens, Thanksgivings. Right? Yeah. TG, Thanksgiving. That's how I picked this quizzy. All right. What do you She's think about being that? Being a poet here. Tommy Givens, Thanksgivings. Don't you love that? I, I do. thought I thought everybody that was so brilliant on my part, it's not even funny. Okay, what do you got for me, Tommy? So what Tommy wants to know is, hi, Susie, I'm new to your app. All right, I just want to say one other thing about the app. Now, I know a lot of you, right? Maybe you've downloaded the Women and Money app, maybe you haven't. But here's what's starting to happen on the app that you best download it if you want to keep up with me on certain things. For instance, last week, oil started to go down, which meant many of your energy stocks started to go down. On the app, on the wall, on the Women in Money app, I posted about what I thought about oil. Should you keep it? What should you do about it? And when, if ever, I expected it to recover. So if you want to be kept up on things that happen in the market between the time I do one podcast and another podcast, the best way for you to do it is to have the Women and Money app and sign up for notifications so that when I post something, you see it. Because I'm going to start posting more and more there about market activity and things like that. All Keep right, everybody? Current. Keep it current. That's what we're doing. This is from Tommy, everybody. Hi, Susie. I'm new to your app. That's what started me on that tirade right there, just so you know. I have a hypothetical question for you. KKT? I'm listening. Now, remember, this quizzy question isn't just for KT. It's for, it's all, for of all of you. So, KT, wait before you answer. I, I promise. Right. I'll give you all a chance. Which is a better investment? A six-month bill at 4.57%, a one-year bill at 4.68%, or a two-year note at 4.43%. So which one is a better investment and why? What was the middle one? So it's 457 for six months. For six months. Mm -hmm. 4.68 for one year or a two-year note for 4.43. Okay, can I go? 
Is everyone ready out there? I'm going to go for the highest one, one year. So if this was your money, you would go for a one year at 4.68%. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Final answer? Yeah. Why not? <sighs> why not, though? All right. Let me tell you why not. First of all, when investing in interest rates environments like this, when we do not know for sure, everybody, are interest rates going to be higher one year from now? Are they going to be lower one year from now? That is why you do a treasury ladder. In this particular case, six months, what you would be investing in would be a little bit in the six month, a little bit in the one year and a little bit in the two year. Wait, <laughs> you didn't give me that choice. But, but hold on, everybody. Didn't she say, would you choose a six month, a one year or a two year? That was the question. And I went for the highest rate. But if you said, what would you do, KT? I would have said, you know, Susie, I'd do a little bit of each. I'd ladder it. It's not nice to lie on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not nice. All right. So, all right, everybody, that was a trick question. It wasn't a trick question, but here's the thing you need to understand, which is why that's important to understand. You think it's going to go down? You don't always go for the highest rate. Mm -hmm. If you think interest rates are going to continue up, just let's say you did, then you would be better off truthfully buying a six-month one mm -hmm. over a one-year one because really for 0.111% difference, which is nothing. It's going to keep going right? up. Maybe you would be better off because in six months when that money matures the one year might be at 4.7. You think or, it's going to go up? As I've said to everybody, I think it will continue down here, oh, which down. it's absolutely doing. Mm. And then I think it will turn around and go back up. Higher than now? Higher than now. Oh. You bet. So, so six months is the way to go. Well, truthfully, again, I wouldn't put it all in one. I would do a combination of them all, a ladder. I really would. Um, you, you need to do a Susie school on ladders. And how I've to, done it. I know, but do it again to remind everyone maybe in January, the no, beginning Katie, of the year. What happens in a podcast is that once I've done a topic, they can then on the Women in Money app. Look up ladders. Go to where it says search content on the app and go and listen to those podcasts again. Otherwise, I would be doing the same podcast over and over and over again. All, All right, right. I have to go baste that turkey. Right. Guess what? This year, guess what? I'm not doing. Well, you didn't do it. Everybody's participating. Yeah. All I, the sisters. There's a lot of family members here, and everybody wants to give Susie a break, and they want to cook the dinner. She always cooks the dinner, but this is 16 people. Two turkeys. Which I always used to do anyway, but this year... She wants a break. I'm like, she all right, everybody, you guys cook the turkey. All, all right. right. So until next time, what do we want to tell everybody? Thank you all so much for listening and for being part 
of the Susie Orman Women and Money podcast. We love doing this. We hope we have helped you and we wish you and your families a blessed and very, very happy Thanksgiving holiday. And actually, wait, there's one more thing, uh, Susie and Katie. Hi, everybody. It's Robert, the producer for the podcast here. And I'm breaking in with Thanksgiving producers prerogative. Susie and KT's niece and nephew, Sophia and Travis, are on their way right now to spend Thanksgiving with the whole family, with Susie and KT. And while they were on the plane, they recorded a little bonus Q&A, and they just sent it to me and asked if I would squeeze it in at the end of the podcast. So, Sophia and Travis, take it away. Hi, Aunt Susie. Hi, Aunt Susie. It's Sophia and Travis here, and we wanted to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We're so excited to celebrate with you this year. Um, we have the best memories celebrating Thanksgiving and so many holidays with you and Aunt Kathy. And so we wanted to take the time to talk a little bit about our favorite memories and what it's like to spend the holidays with you. Okay, Trav, what do you think about when you think of having Thanksgiving with Aunt Susie? If I know I'm going... See Aunt Susie for Thanksgiving. The week before, I I very uh, carefully go through all my personal financial <laughs> statements so I know how much I've been saving and what's in my checking account. And I, I become prepared for the annual Aunt Susie audit. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you think about uh, at this time of year with regards to Aunt Susie? There's definitely always lots of life lessons and money lessons every year. But I feel like when I think of Thanksgiving and spending it with Aunt Susie. I think a lot about the family aspect and Aunt Susie definitely goes through great lengths to get our family together every year and reminds us of the importance of spending time together. And I think one example that shows um, this is when we actually weren't together and it was one year when we couldn't make it to Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving, we received a selfie of our entire family with life-size cutouts of our family's heads and table settings placed for us. And it just showed how thoughtful Aunt Susie and Aunt Kathy are and how important family is. And even when we couldn't be there, they thought about us and they wanted to make sure that we felt included and special. And I, I think that those, those things are really important. Trav, can you think of any maybe non-money related, just general life lessons that you feel like you've learned from Aunt Susie? She really pushed me to think hard about anything um, you're dealing with at a really young age. And she wasn't prescriptive with her advice and instead really would ask a lot of questions and really make you sort of chew on a topic. Um, and I think that this often isn't done with little kids. And, you know, she would really let me squirm and think about things. Yeah. And it was it was honestly like a painful process at that age. But I think what it taught me was like, you know, really how to stick with a tough idea and think it through. Um, and, you know, to just be super thorough with with your thought process um, and, and be confident in your responses too. what are some non money related uh, lessons you've learned? I think just in general to be confident in yourself and know that you're deserving of things. And if you work hard, then and manifest positivity and manifest good things that they'll come to you. And I can think about this, my junior year of college, when I was really stressed out about getting an internship or getting a job or what my future was going to look like. 
I called Aunt Susie and she said, think about what your dream internship is. And it, it to me at the time, it seemed very far-fetched. And she said, just imagine that you were there and imagine that you already have the job. And she said, write down instead of manifesting, like, I hope I get this job, write down, I think it was like 20 or 25 times a day. I have this job and they love me. And so I, I actually have notebooks that I still look at now. And I, I got the job and, and like looking back on it, I have all of these pages that says, I love my job and they love me. I love my job and they love me. And I think she always says, just be confident in yourself and, and believe in yourself. And as silly as that sounds, I think that she, she says it in the hard moments and in the right moments. And it usually does work out if you're, if you're, manifesting positivity and manifesting success and working really hard. And that's something that she has just always told us from a young age is just, you know, shoot high and, and work really hard. So, well, we can't wait for Thanksgiving this year. We love you and can't wait to see you. Love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, there you go. A little extra helping of joy this morning on behalf of myself, Katie and Susie. Thanks for listening and happy Thanksgiving. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.